perfectly, perfectly fine. Fine. Okay, fine. Fine. You're listening to Everything is Fine in Southwest Washington, where we recognize that everything is not at all fine, discuss what we can do about it, and empower you to connect with your community. Good morning, counselors. My name is John Nanny. I am a Chalachi, Washington resident. I'm calling in today to quickly remind the counselors and their staff that your sole purposes should be to protect Clark County lands, its people, and the future of our children. I feel a need to speak today because last week a bully out-of-state corporation came into Chalachi Prairie and began ripping out trees, destroying the undergrowth, building a road, and decimating a fish-bearing creek, killing hundreds of trout which may well include protected bull trout. He, he did all of this without any permits, notice to surrounding landowners, or concern for local environment and citizens. What did our county do? In essence, not a damn thing so far. The county has entered into a long contract lease with a bully who can ignore all state and local laws as long as the destruction he is causing is related to the railroad and the county has washed their hands of any obligation to protect its citizens or its environment. The baby steps these out-of-county and out-of-state corporations are now taking is allowing them to turn the entire southern rim of Chalachi Prairie into an industrialization zone. This is now obvious and disgusting. The dots are all starting to connect, and I pray each of you take the time to come out to our paradise and see the destruction you are allowing. Short of that, I pray every one of you is voted out of office next round and replaced with counselors who put people first. Um, I am speaking today in support of John Nanny and the citizens of the county that are being harmed by the PVJR. Knowing the following, the county entered into what is essentially a 30-year lease with an operator who does not have to comply with state and local laws. The operator controls the track and the right-of-way for 33 miles in Clark County and goes through some of the most pristine and environmentally sensitive areas of the county, including the East Fork of the Lewis River, the Curtin Creek Natural Area, and up into Chalachi Bluff. The county also says that the exemption from state and local laws, and that includes municipal laws, so battleground laws will not apply to the operator on any land within the battleground city limits. This also applies to any activity on adjacent property where they have ownership, lease agreements, or easement rights. The county overlay includes 500 feet of both sides of the track and the railroad advisory board wants to define adjacent to be up to one mile where no state and local laws would apply to the PVJR. Also we are aware that the operator and the businesses associated with the operator either currently own or are buying land along the railroad. Did you hear that? Or are buying land. And thus, any activity related to the railroad on those lands will be exempt from state and local laws. The operator has shown by its recent actions that it will engage in unpermitted destructive activities that are harmful to the environment and the surrounding neighborhoods. My question is, as well as others, what is the county going to do about it? How are you going to fix environmental harms that have already happened? And how are you going to prevent this from happening in the future? This is serious. This is disaster. Thank you. Where are we? We're in fucking Chalachi. We're at a dive bar. A very friendly one. You, you glanced around. I don't around. want to talk crap. You glanced around the second you said that just to make sure. Yeah. A friendly dive bar. Nobody questions your drive bar, Grads. In, uh, in, uh, in Chalachi. And holy mother. Holy mother. Dude, where do we even start? I don't even know. Well, 
I mean, I would start with what the fuck are we doing in Chalachi? So, we, oh yeah. <laughs> besides having a drink. Yeah. We have continued investigation into the shenanigans of Mr. Eric Temple. Mr. Eric Temple. Ooh, what were we expecting? So, we were expecting, I was expecting that a person from PBJR, a company person. A representative, either the CEO or maybe, maybe, slim chance, even the, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Eric Temple himself, <laughs> would have shown up. Yeah, the man of the hour, he was yeah. not there. Why wasn't he there? Because he doesn't live here? <laughs> <laughs> too, too much of a guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you guys awesome. got some ketchup Thank right you. over there, okay? Oh, perfect. Thank Happy you. Joey, did you like it? That was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And John, John Nanny kicks ass. PBJR went out to Chihuahua without asking anyone or doing anything or no permit, no precaution, started creating a road, felling a bunch of trees. They got, they are in cahoots with, uh, who was that guy? John, the property owner. Uh -huh. Say the property owner there. One of the property owners gave him an easement and so they just started just so, wiping out the forest there. Yeah. And so he just started wiping out, he just built a road. And I thought I had heard a bridge, but I didn't see an so, actual bridge. Well, we weren't allowed we down, were there. down there. Yeah. yeah. And then, so, this, all of this destruction impacted uh, a stream that goes out to a wetland that then travels out to the Chalachian Creek. Yes. And the property owners have plenty of evidence to show that property, the good property owners, the Andrew and Brett Collins, have plenty of evidence to show that this stream was three to four feet deep, I believe is what they were saying. Um, it's not a seasonal stream. They showed us dead fish. Uh, I believe it was coho salmon and some rainbow trout. Um, they showed us baby baby fish we got pictures of um, and so they, they've totally impacted this the stream and this waterway without any permits yeah air temple is basically just like I'm the fucking railroad I can do whatever the fuck I want and um, nope I don't need permits for anything because I have a special exemption for the railroad and the entire road is not permanent they don't have permission to do that, but they just they just did it. Um, it's worth note, like there's three roads there. There was already an existing logging road. There was a road put into the property owner who's working with the railroad's house. But then there was a big ass stretch of road that was just appeared apparently. Were they claiming that that road already existed? They might have been. Is that what they, I think that's what I thought they were saying. Like that one to the left already existed, but what the... Yeah, like they put that road in. That is a new fucking road. Yeah, Andrew and Brandon Collins, they're like, no, that road wasn't there. They right. just made that road and we heard and watched it happen. And it wasn't there before. We live here. It's in our backyard that they did this. Um, but that's what PBJR is claiming. Um, and yeah, basically Andrew Brenna Collins like saw this shit going down. John Nanny, Nanny, who is also a resident, saw it going down. There's also other residents involved that we haven't gotten to talk to, um, and they have been. They have alerted the the council. Um, they made statements, and yeah, so Eric Temple's back on our radar, and we've been wanting to do a 
uh, an update for a while because there's a whole lot more that happened after the last episode we did that and then and that's even before this point that we're at now yeah and what's the what's the vibe out here we should talk about it's not the vibe of the people like the drive out here like it's fucking gorgeous it is absolutely beautiful very rural very like hills covered in untouched trees it feels like washington in a way that i haven't felt for a long time ever since since we were fucking kids probably yeah because when i was a fucking kid i lived up on the back hills of washugo and you would drive up this hill up this mountain basically where you know, two lane road and either side would just be covered in just evergreens as far as you could see. It was a, a, you know, it felt like going through a primeval forest. And then fast forward to around 2019 or so when I moved out of, like shortly after I moved out of the house, the state came in and clear cut all of it. And there's just not that sense there that there was because now it's just bare hillside with maybe a cluster of trees here and there that they left. And when I see Chilachi, I see that type of environment, that, t that untouched Washington magic. I guess. Like the last frontier the of last frontier. shit in this yeah. county. Because look at Ridgefield, look and at like, Battlegrounds. Yes. It feels like going home in a sense, even though this is not my, my place or my people. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we should mention what the implications are. So you and I and all those people we were just with, we stood on those railroad tracks. What Eric Temple wants and what the railroad advisory board on the county wants is that freight rail dependent use law, that state law, Eric Temple lobbied for. So basically they're like determining how to implement that law. And what Eric and the railroad advisory board want is a is basically to be able to develop 500 feet on both sides of the, the railroad track all the way down the 33 mile stretch. Excuse me, 500 feet I think is what the county is like settling the on, but they want they a mile, a mile. Yes. on each side. So like two miles. And the county is required by the state now through the Growth Management Act, the additional uh, climate amendment to the Growth Management Act, like they're supposed to have a climate plan in their um, comprehensive plan update. You know, they're supposed to be considering the climate, right? Where the fuck does this mining railroad situation fit into that? It just doesn't. And it doesn't... This this plan doesn't fit into anybody's, you know, beyond the climate shit, right? Like, this yeah. doesn't fit into uh, the, the residents' view of the future of Clark County... Nobody wants this, and yet they're pushing for it for some some reason. <laughs> we know why Karen Bowerman's pushing for it, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think why we has Gary Medvigie been pushing for this for since he was appointed and? Was it 2018? He's been pushing for industrial activity along this railroad. It seems like since like since that time too, it's been this idea of mining for rock. Why? Why are they pushing so hard? He sees this mass plan for destruction along a 33-mile stretch, and that fucking mine—that's a that's a 330-acre parcel surface mining overlay that they're trying to do there. Eric Temple claims in an email that uh, he's going to develop 1,400 acres of, of uh, excuse me, brush prairie. You know, if like this is their their goal, they're they're going to get it, and the only way to stop it is for the public to be like, no. So this is part four of the Power and Money series. Oh. Power, Money, Clark <laughs> County series. <laughs> and I was going to say, if you haven't heard those episodes, 
you should go back and listen. And I do agree with that still. But I just have a feeling this is going to be a standalone episode. This is kind (laughs) of its own thing. This is the sequel. Yeah. Its own entity, but it's where like the the Bond villain comes back to pull a different plot. Yeah. Like where (laughs) you... There might be a couple things where you're like, gee, I wish I knew a little more about that or something. But like, you know, I don't think you necessarily have to. Like, maybe should you? Those episodes are great, too. Definitely. Oh, they're, like, still our most popular episodes just by, like, amount of people who have listened. But, yeah, exactly. Um, do what you want, people. Do what you want. Yeah, I think you're going to be... I think you're going to be outraged and... We're not going to tell you what to do. Maybe, maybe... Yeah, we're not going to tell you what to we're do. We're not your parents. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, no, good episodes. Go back and listen. Also, this is its own thing. And our buddy Eric Temple's back doing his shit. The Railroad <laughs> Baron, Eric Temple. <laughs> the Railroad Baron. He couldn't stay. Could not stay in his, his fucking volcano lair stroking his cat and writing letters to the editor. He just had to go affect Clark County again. Mm-hmm. God damn it. And really, we're going to find out that... There was never really a break in any of it. It was just all going on uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. This train keeps going. Just, I mean, we're waiting for the train to end, and it just keeps <laughs> car after car after car. Exactly. Hey, here's another link in the fucked up, you know. So I thought we would start at the least, because when we finished last time, it was kind of like, okay, the county signed a new lease. I mentioned a couple things I noticed about the lease, but it wasn't super a super deep dive and it was like, and you know, now the waters are calm. But I think Mm. there was even like a warning that we said, like, you know, like this is not over. This isn't over, Yeah. but we're just in a calm. So this is the lease that the County has with PVJR. Yes. And Eric Temple. Okay. Which is Eric Temple's railroad company. He is the rail operator. Right. Um, Just to give people who haven't listened, those, those basic facts or remind some people. And then he, has a lease with the county that a lot like it's the county's railroad yes it's not just the county's railroad it's our public railroad (laughs) that's just a different way of saying it that i that i like to say yes it's a the county owns the railroad pvjr is the rail operator so that they have this lease this partnership Mm -hmm. where they have to like work together and the lease used to be really really fucking tilted in eric's favor it used to be a really shitty lease. Used to be. Used to be. Now we have it, a different lease, apparently. It, it might still be. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I have all the faith in the world that this is a great lease. It's all above board. The county really got a win here. This is going to be great for the citizens of Clark County. <laughs> <laughs> so after signing the new lease, the signing of the new lease with Eric Temple... It seemed that the county, as we just said, and Temple had put their troubles behind them. Months ago, during a railroad advisory board meeting, someone who was addressing the previous turbulence in the, rela- in the relationship assured everyone that the new lease with Temple constituted a new chapter, stating confidently, new lease, new life. Who said <laughs> this? I don't know who said it, and it's the only railroad advisory board meeting I have okay. ever been to or will, were they will affili- go back to. Do you know if they were affiliated with the county or the railroad? Or They were a member of the railroad advisory board. That's basically the only people that show up. So oh, they're basically you. like railroad enthusiasts slash like probably people associated. Like Eric Temple is not on that board, but they they advise the county just like all the other advisory boards, but about right. the railroad or whatever. Like I said, what we do know and what we warned was that the ultimate intention, the crux of this story was not new. It had not changed from one lease to the next. That intention bringing industrial activity to that railroad Mm -hmm. to be that railroad to be utilized for industrial activity. That was the county's goal. That's always been the county's goal. Um, as well as Eric Temple. I'm just going to tell you about this, Philip. Feel free to jump in with any 
uh, oh. questions or rage or whatever like you're feeling. A, like <laughs> a runaway train, you're not going to be able to stop it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so starting with the background summary from the lease, this is like kind of listed at like the beginning of the the lease document itself. So it says in 2018, the county undertook a review of the lease and identified several significant legal concerns, including lack of council review and approval. As required by county code, remember this was the issue where they found only a signature from the public works guy <laughs> when they were supposed to have like the county commissioner's sign- signatures or whatever. And this is, by the way, this next uh, statement is, this is quoted from the the background summary, like the official document. It says, and in an ambiguous and likely unreasonable lease term. (laughs) 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 Those are not my words. And lack of compensation paid or other benefit to the county. And that's an interesting one because I assume that means he wasn't paying his rent. Oh, okay. Um, Lack of compensation paid because there was some kind of deal where he was supposed to pay. Remember it was... Oh, that could have been it. It was like rent free until up a to certain point. A thousand cars, and yeah. I think now it's up to five hundred. So actually, that makes sense because I think they averaged, they're kind of averaging about seven hundred cars a, a year. So, anyways, that was a concern of the county. Like, wait, we there's no benefit to us. Like, literally nothing. <laughs> You're just like using our shit rent free. So. After communicating these concerns to PVJR, the parties filed competing lawsuits in Clark County Superior Court, and PVJR filed additional lawsuits in Skamania County Superior Court and Federal Court. Remember, this was Temple filing that declaratory judgment. Remember that? It was like, we're like, why did he file for a judgment in Skamania County where the railroad doesn't even exist oh, yeah. remember that oh, God, that was so weird <laughs> yeah that, that, thing, so weird. That, that extra lawsuit we were baffled by yeah um so following following several years of legal challenges and two attempts at mediation clark county and pvjr have negotiated a new lease for the railroad that is practical and complies with county code and state law Lease would be for 13 years option to renew at 20 uh, provided pvjr does not materially breach the agreement Um, One of the big things that I noted in the last one, so maybe this is kind of like, this is a little bit of a summary section of this episode, um, but that the the biggest like benefit to the county that I saw was that PVJR would take on all of like the maintenance stuff and they would be in charge of like acquiring grants to improve the railroad, which he's been successful at, unfortunately. Um, I mean, those improvements haven't been made yet but he's like gotten some grants so like whereas before the county had some obligation to pay for whatever maintenance Mm -hmm. or whatever so that's that's like one thing the parties agree that pvjr's use and operation of the line of railroad under this agreement is in the public interest and provides a substantial public benefit including promoting economic development there's those words including it's like you mean that's like the only argument you can make yeah um and that one doesn't even stand up right (laughs) and then literally in the lease it says there is no community outreach proposed for this action what our public railroad in theory no community outreach no community proposed and uh, it's actually we're not done with the lease yet, but it actually is just signed by Kathleen Otto, the county manager, and then Eric Temple. So, yeah, I, you know, it's like whatever. That's probably standard for counties to just do that. Like they have the person that, but it, it's ridiculous because this is a, this was a known problematic person. <laughs> um, and yes, the public <laughs> should have a say yeah. in this. What happens to this public railroad and like to oppose the scale of what they're trying to do here? So, yeah, in my mind, it's just crazy. Like no community outreach, nothing, not even a council vote. Like, okay, so you couldn't even like theoretically be like, well, the council voted for it and the people voted for the council. And so therefore, this is legitimate. Right. (laughs) Oh, God. 
<laughs> so, I mean, that's that's a problematic statement in and of itself, but like to not even reach that bar. Yeah, then this is kind of like this might be a head spinning moment, and this is kind of like why I said earlier, what did I say, Philip? I said this is even stupider than I thought. Yeah, something along those lines. So this is kind of gonna be like a little a couple math equations, but don't worry. I already did the math. You don't have to. I'm not talking to you, Philip. I'm like talking to listeners. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm oh, like, no, don't my, worry, Philip. You don't have to do the math. Behind my ear somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's, just it's, try to follow along. It, but it is, it is actively <laughs> shrinking from like <laughs> the ears. It's going inward so it doesn't have to like deal with this math shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like you said math, and then you it said, just like, yeah, turns off. yeah. <laughs> does, doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you've already crunched the numbers. They're numbers. <laughs> exactly that's all them yeah exactly the test anxiety is already set in yeah the big deal here i would say other than the maintenance is this rent calculation of what pvjr has to pay the county and then that would become county revenue um so that would be like their one of their biggest arguments for like why the fuck are we doing this so next pvjr will begin paying rent on a per carload basis for every car over 500 cars so the first 500 cars are rent fee- rent free. Oh. Whereas they were 1000 the first 1000 were rent free before. So there's a lowering of that threshold. I mean 500 is still a lot. Right. It and then feels like. <laughs> yeah, to just <laughs> just, just yeah, you know, just was this based on like what other situation even exists where like a county owns a railroad and then there's this weird after the first 500 car loads those rent-free ones, it will be $10 for car- per carload for the next 1,000 carloads, $20 for carlo- per carload for the next 3,500 carloads, and $30 per carload for each carload in excess of 5,000 carloads per calendar year. Stay with me, people. And then it's important to note at this point, PVJR's 10-year average for carloads is approximately 700. That's mm-hmm. because the <clears throat> the rail line as it exists like needs huge improvements. It just like does like a weekend passenger train and I know it does like some freight stuff or whatever. But yeah, this is like there's big plans for the future, but currently, you know, it's right. this not often used train. So let's go let's say we increase it from the average from seven hundred to a thousand. We add three hundred more a year. More carloads. First are rent free. First five hundred are rent free, so that mm-hmm. gives us five thousand a year. 5000 a year. Chump change, right? Yeah. In For, like, the benefit that this man gets, right? Uh, okay, how about 1,500 cars a year? That's $10,000. Uh, 2,500 carloads a year, which is over three and a half times the current average of carloads. Um, that would bring us to $30,000 a year. Why would... Like, that's such a small amount of... And I guess we haven't really... Actually, well, the top of this episode, we'll have gotten into some of the environmental implications of what this whole railroad would would entail, developing this whole thing, doing the industrial activity along it, having a mine out in Chalachi, having 1,400 <laughs> acres out in Brush Prairie that are being developed, like all this shit, right? Like there's a huge public detriment, which we will get more into, of course, compared to what we compared to $30,000 a year, perhaps. I'll get into the really stupid part (laughs) in a second. But so, yeah. So, theoretically, the county would have to, like, increase the carloads that are there now by, like, a shit ton. So I just did that math that's, like, three and a half times more. Like, how much more are we talking here for the county to actually make, like, like hundreds of thousands of dollars off of this. Like, yeah. like they, so they are incentivized now because they have this stupid ass lease with, with Temple <laughs> where it's still, it still appears that it benefits Temple more than the county. Oh yeah. I mean, anything with like not having to pay until X number of cars is still like, great. Can I move into a rental and not have to pay any rent until X number of months has passed? Like this, doesn't feel this feels weird i don't know i don't know how any of this works but this feels weird like you just get free use of this until a certain point and then we're gonna redo it so you have you know it it lowers the number but it's still a pretty big number exactly like 
a lot of people who have been studying this think that, you know, we're talking, you know, multiple thousands per month of carloads versus a year. And what we do know is that Eric Temple's going to well, put as much shit on there as he can. Yeah. And there's going to be all those public crossings. Uh we haven't gotten quite into this yet, but the plan is for mining activity for rock. So, like, think of all the silica dust and all the shit. Um, and, okay, so this is the stupid part that I just found out before we re- recorded this, though. So, in the lease, it actually says that this, like, you know, this however much rent per carload thing, $10 per carload, $20 per carload mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. That actually, it says with the exception of natural resource and aggregate products. Wait. Yes. Wait. Yes. What? No. Yes. You, and you built in a not you personally, but they they built in a fucking exception to the actual like shit he's gonna be moving. Yes. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why would How, you do why that? Why bother charging? Why wouldn't you increase thing? what the county would get from that if that was the chosen thing? Yeah. Or why would you? And it, like it's. Man, hold on. Let me that just finish this. This uh, so bonkers. Yeah. So it's it, with the exception of that, and the exception being that it would go down to five dollars a carload. That whole structure, ten, what, twenty, thirty. But, yeah, no, it's just, now it's just five. Wow. Per carload in what rent the? to the county. In rent to the county. How, and how? Just give him the damn railroad at that point. I know. What? He just fucking what are you sell doing? it to him or something. What are you like, doing? What is this? I know. I mean, like, don't sell it to him because no. then fucking no. Keep that shit out of his hands because he'll just like it'll <laughs> yeah. be a it'll be a dystopian nightmare. Yeah, I just <laughs> it's it's already gonna be a dystopian nightmare. But you're gonna get like five bucks off of it. Wow. Yeah, and all along the like in the lease, it doesn't say that like they absolutely have to. It, it basically like lists, it basically says that the, there is a, a phrase they use that the county in good faith needs to help the rail operator like basically bring, get activity, economic activity going on this thing. And then there's like all these points, all these points and all of them are related to mining. To rock. Jesus. It's like tailored to, to this rock. thing that they want to do. Yeah, it's like, why did you even... I don't know. Like, it's like, why would you even write the lease like that? Like, it all just seems super sketchy. So, like, oh, but in the event that it's rock, even though we all know that that's what they want to do <laughs> is get the rock, it's all... Everyone's talking about that. Like, it's $5 that, that a carload. Is, that is so... Yeah. Like, I like, doesn't that just feel like the ultimate swindle? It's like, <laughs> like, it's like, like fucking grift. It's like heads I win, tails you lose. Yeah, it's seriously. like, but what hey, the we fuck? Get a coin toss. You get a coin toss. <laughs> what are you yeah. complaining about? I'm tossing a coin. <laughs> exactly. We're in this together, 50, man. 50, 50, 50, man. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say it again. I want people to keep this in mind as we trudge through the costs this entire mining and transporting the rock operation would inflict on the environment, public health, and general public well-being so listeners can make their own cost-benefit analysis, if you haven't already made that yet, as to to whether the supposed public benefit of economic activity to Clark County outweighs the public detriment. And I know at this point that people are probably screaming at their streaming devices right now, what about the job? What about the job? Someone's like, got what are you guys? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What are you guys talking about? Economic? What about the jobs? It's not all about the revenue stream for the county. We can put those homeless people to work it's in a, a mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They can help the silica dust. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? Okay. Well, Temple has a plan in place to eliminate some of those jobs. Via autonomous rail. Oh, this. this. (laughs) Okay, so an article from Railway Age, Railway Age, published on May 5th, 2023, 
announces that the Portland-Vancouver Junction Railroad has entered a partnership with a Salt Lake City-based tech startup, <laughs> tech startup, <laughs> uh, Genesis Electronic Group, Inc., uh, a.k.a. GEGI, yeah, to provide rail access to the company's experimental, experimental, again, not my words, <laughs> from the article, experimental autonomous battery slash electric glid road <laughs> slash rail vehicle the glid is described as a vehicle for moving unaltered semi-trailers on and off the rails and the company wants to demonstrate that autonomous vehicles on the rails can be as safe if not safer than crude locomotives no they want to prove they, they want to prove this experimental company is setting out to prove right that so this can be safer. We should talk about what this is because, like, they've got cons. I, what I can only describe as concept art up on their <laughs> website. Like, there's a little video. It's all like 3D animated bullshit. It's obviously here's what this thing will be because we don't actually have a product yet. Yes. Um, yes. So what they have is they've got two platforms with you know four wheels and no. No place for a driver because you don't need a driver. No, but no they, cruise. No cruise. It's better than cruise. So, yeah, no. And there's <laughs> there's two of these things which have to have to be working in conjunction, which go in under either side of the big ass you know container they're trying to lift, lift it up, and then their wheels they have on there apparently can switch between going on road and going on train track. And theoretically, that is what they are claiming. Again, I don't believe they can do this um, for reasons which will be hopefully pretty apparent pretty shortly well if they just let them trial and error if we just let them trial and error their their way to success on uh, the chalachi shoreline <laughs> yes. you know we'll get going on roads <laughs> with massive things of of you know and you know what there's just probably so there's some guy in a control room somewhere with a game controller and it's all going to be perfectly safe just like that you know sub that went down to the titanic <laughs> it's gonna be fine yeah, just like Elon Musk's Elon <laughs> his fucking Teslas that like <laughs> stop in the middle of a San Francisco tunnel and make a bunch yes. of people crash and like yes, I was yeah that I autonomous was, shit's really working out for everybody. No, seriously, I was watching I was watching something recently on like exactly that, dude. I think they do have some of those on the road now though, oh, but they dude. keep fucking up. On the road, on the right. actual road, right. not a pre not a pretend. Right, we're doing a trial right. like on the actual road. I swear, uh, fucking that's, God, that's that's actually honestly scary. Yeah, yeah, and th like the whole idea of an autonomous vehicle is crazy. Com computers never mess up, ever. Right, it's, and the whole thing is like they're like you have to be, like, their whole like disclaimer right is like, well, you better be ready to grab the wheel if you need <laughs> you to. You better be ready to bump that brake. What would be the whole point of not of having an autonomous vehicle? You know like if, you would, if, you if would do I it to get drunk it. or not pay attention or watch it. Like that's or what fall taxis asleep. are for. Or fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have companies that do this for you. Yes. And you know what? If I am a human being and I need to, you know, I am going along the road and suddenly there's a little old lady with a shopping cart and I need to slam on the brakes. Am I in a better position to do that if I'm paying attention to the road with my hands on the wheel, with my foot on the pedal, or whether I'm just kind of like leafing through a fucking Elon Musk magazine because I assume they all come with publications like airline, you know, back, <laughs> yeah. back of airline seating. <laughs> you know, not paying attention while the stupid thing drives itself and then suddenly needs me to put on the brake. <laughs> and then extrapolate that from a single passenger vehicle that maybe carries three, four people max. To a fucking <laughs> big, huge ass container of rock. It takes two of these things to lift. Two separate vehicles which have to theoretically work in conjunction with each other. How on earth is this a good idea? Going through towns, pristine nature, agricultural land. Yeah, I think the right idea... Right at the end of Battleground right there. I think yeah. the idea is, too, like, <laughs> they, they go on the rails for as long as they can and then go off, you know, for whatever period they have to go off. But also, like, even if you minimize that time on the road, there is still time on the road with no fucking human driver, no nobody there to, like, 
prevent anything. Just some dude in a warehouse somewhere with a controller, presumably. And it's getting rid of those jobs, which is yes! the only reason we're doing yes! any of this, right? Or yes! theoretically, right? Yes. So Vancouver, Washington-based trucking transportation and logistics company Taylor Transport is also a participant in GLID testing <laughs> because they have a rail awesome. spur connecting directly to the PVJR. No. So that makes sense. So that's why they need all of this land adjacent right. to the line because they have to like put those things in. Oh, well, so it makes sense to me now. People have said to me, and they can put that rail spur mm-hmm. as far out as 500 feet or right. the ultimate one is the ultimate goal by the railroad advisory board is like a mile a mile um, on either side. So we're talking massive development. That's why they need. OK, so that's why they need the land on either side of the railway and not just the railway. That makes so much sense. Taylor Transport. They are are a participant in GLID testing because they have a rail <laughs> spur <laughs> connecting directly to the PVJR. Taylor Transport's address is 7416 Northeast 101st Street. So if that rings a bell. It's okay. We dox them. They're a company. (laughs) Yeah, this is public info, right? Uh, If that rings a bell, that's because it's nearly the same address as the previously proposed Knife River Concrete Batch Plant at 7511 Northeast 101st Street in, in Brush Prairie. The owner of Taylor Transport is one Mike Laboki, who is also the owner of the infamous Pioneer Industrial Property, which successfully achieved its spot zone change from the county to railroad industrial in the middle of a residential neighborhood Mm -hmm. in preparation for... Oh, did I already say this night? The Knife River... I mean, Okay, I did say that. But it's in preparation for all of the shit they are doing. Like, they wanted a batch plant there because it fits in with all these other pieces of the puzzle yeah you know, you're moving rock down you're making concrete at the batch plant you're moving that concrete somewhere else exactly like all was, these things have to come together so for... it wasn't this individual thing it was part of a larger scheme yes which is why the story keeps going on and on because all these <laughs> schemes are like inter interconnected and so this is probably the point where like if a listener is like okay what you probably should go back because we ain't going to explain all that concrete batch plant shit back to you. There's <laughs> no. previous podcasts for that. Like <laughs> you can dive into that one, but um, it's, it's the magic of, of <laughs> podcasting. You can, you can have Jan Kelly in your living room right now talking to you about this. <laughs> okay. So back to Mike Laboki, the pioneer industrial dude, he owns that property. He's also the Taylor transport guy. And so you live Near there, Philip. There's already trucks and shit going in and out of there, right? Yeah. At that property. Okay. Railway Age has a lot of great flowery, flattering things to say about him, (laughs) and I think it's really funny. (laughs) So according to another Railway Age article about the partnership, Mike Loboki was called a, quote, visionary in his field and someone who is trusted by the local community. (laughs) Just want to interject here that he was entirely complicit in attempting to put a concrete batch plant <laughs> spewing toxic silica dust a stone's throw away for many brush prairie prairie residences and schools. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Trusted by the community. Trusted you know the, the community, community that up in arms booted the concrete batch plant out of here because yeah. they were outraged oh, at we, how we, irresponsible we trust it was. Him? Yeah, the ringleader of like helping Eric Temple put that shit there. So. Yeah, he's He's trusted by the community. Bunch of fucking gangsters. <laughs> I know. Um, the article also notes that Mike Loboki's dedication to finding a way to ship goods while trying to do his part to reduce his carbon footprint is commendable. Who the fuck because is writing these are, this? Because these are railway age. Someone from railway age. Because this is greenwashing. This is being sold yeah. as this is an electric right. powered and operation. Ex- exactly. And you see that all over the branding and the marketing. So like if you were trading, it do, I mean, yeah, if you were trading, if you were just swapping out those cars, car for car, mm-hmm. you know, electric for the current operation, 
sure, sure. But this is this lie of green capitalism. Like we're going to clear cut forest. Mm -hmm. We're going to fuck all this shit up. There's a carbon cost to all of that. All of it will be using fossil fuels to do so. Oh, but then at the end, once it's all established, then it'll be maybe like still not <laughs> you know what i mean like it's it's green yeah. capitalism yep. you're that, expanding development and rock and all this shit you're yeah. just carving it's, up more it's earth. a grift and the grifters the mike Lebowski's and the eric temples and the whatever that other guy's name is that nate bruce I, nate bruce oh, yeah. i really don't like oh nate we haven't bruce. touched on him we, yet we, we, we will you talking we about will. eric temple's bitch boy i mean i'm talking about <laughs> eric temple's bitch boy we're gonna talk about him based on what we know about eric temple do you think it's the the carbon footprint part or the autonomous part that he cares about? <laughs> uh, well, I don't. I learned process of elimination. I don't think he gives a shit about a carbon footprint. Right, and I think he owns like another yeah. railroad or like operates another line too. But, like, wouldn't it be? Don't we think that? The jobless, you know, the not having to pay people for their work part. Would be more yeah. enticing yeah. for an Eric Temple character. Yes. The autonomous, you, you get to pay one guy in India with a fucking <laughs> Xbox controller to do your railway shit. And you get to lay off all these other chumps. It's it's economic development. It's the future. It's exactly. good for the environment. So this entire, the entire operation, right? Loboki knows about it. He knows the rail's got to be improved. He knows about the new mine. He knows about the 500 feet to a mile on both sides of the rail of precious nature that would have to be developed. He surely knows of the 1,400 acres in Brush Prairie where he's located that Mr. Temple intends to develop. Yet he thinks these actions are going to be carbon positive? No. Yeah. No. So Kevin DeMoa, CEO of GEGI and GLID, stated, still in this article, appreciatively, mm -hmm. quote, Since we founded GLID... We have been met with a stream of doubtful dialogue with statements that included our inability to gain access to rail and that there wasn't a rail operator that would permit it. Oh, wow. <laughs> we, they found that rail operator that would. <laughs> they found him. We are grateful. <laughs> Dude, is this, you can't make this shit up. No, like, this can't. is parody. We are grateful to PVJR President Eric Temple and COO Nathan Bruce. We found the worst rail operator, everyone. <laughs> exactly. Who have been extreme. The others had like scruples. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had questions. They had they ethics. Had critical yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, who have been extremely supportive and enthusiastic about our technology. So. Maybe there was good reason there was resounding, doubtful dialogue about an experimental autonomous train possibly set to go 80 miles per hour across any stretch of rail. It could go, it could go quieter, or it could go well, you know, less, when you're, but when you're still. you're carrying huge amounts of rocks, you want that to go fast. That's the amount, that's how fast Glid claims that it can go even though it doesn't exist. <laughs> Let alone this 33-mile stretch of rail next to a bunch of people's houses, right? So this is a terrifying sign out of many terrifying signs, right? Indicating once again Eric's wild disregard for safety and public health <laughs> that he is the only rail operator in the nation, <laughs> in the nation anywhere, willing to test this technology. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's assuming there is technology to test. And why are you even saying it can go up to 80 miles no. per hour? Because it's obviously carrying something. Yeah. And doesn't that matter to everything? And it's like supposed to go on a rail. Yeah. So but that doesn't even make sense to me are... how they would like be like, we for sure can go 80 miles an hour up to. <laughs> For sure, some of it is just projection and theoretical. Let's turn back to the lease with Ter Eric Temple for a second. <laughs> Tarek Temple. Glit. <laughs> so the section two, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, the section two on intent and authority describes what the county agreed to do to help PVJR pursue economic development. 
So it's like the language, like I think I already said, was like, uh, you know, a good faith effort mm-hmm. to help pursue economic development alongside uh, Eric Temple in the interest, in the public interest of <laughs> the people of Clark County for whatever reason, right? Uh, bullshit reasons. Including developing freight rail dependent uses. Now that that, that was that state law that got passed, lobbied for, and passed by Eric Temple that weirdly only applies to Clark and Okanogan counties. The freight rail dependent uses law that basically says, hey, if a county owns a railroad uh, next to a bunch of agricultural land, fuck that agricultural land for up to one mile. (laughs) (laughs) And you can develop everything uh, because it's somehow in the interest of people to do that. Just to remind people what the freight rail dependent uses was. So in this new lease, it's like, hey, county, you're going to help Eric develop the freight rail dependent uses as permitted under that state amendment amendment that Eric Temple lobbied for and got, like I said. So these things that were listed were working with PVJR to get state and federal grant funding for the railroad. New railroad industrial zoning designations along the line of railroad, you know, at the same time that they're continuing to approve new residences there. Identifying mineral resources and evaluating surface mining overlay development regulations to, quote, increase regulatory efficiencies related to railroad uses, meaning deregulation. Mm. So those things that are that are listed as like helping PVJR pursue economic development are like directly about (laughs) industrial development and specifically rock we're talking about Mm -hmm. identifying mineral resources and mining so they had a plan yeah that plan within the lease is is like laid out like that but that part is not set in stone it's just like hey if you do like you need to do a a good faith effort to help eric pursue some kind of economic development and here's the very specific economic development we have in mind with in in mind and i'm just clarifying that to to say that the way i read the lease it feels like maybe the county does have an out and we'll talk about toward the end like how do we get out of the situation i think the lease should be broken with eric temple um for many reasons (laughs) that we will get into but um but it does feel like reading the lease that um, the county could pot- potentially say, no, we're actually going to pursue a different activity that m- might not be as profitable, that might not be industrial development. Yeah. But we will good faith help you, Eric, have a passenger train or whatever the fuck. There's other things you can use a railroad for. Well, yeah. And then, um, you know, to reiterate, again, there was no public outreach proposed with this action, even though they have this very specific idea listed in this lease. Apparently, the county saw no need for seeking public input about what the public might want to do with our own public railroad and what kind of activity the community might decide was truly in the public interest. Interestingly, at the end of the section in the lease on intent and authority, the statement is made that this section... Quote, does not create, modify, or otherwise alter any obligation of the county to review or approve a specific legislative action or project proposal. So that is the line that I'm explaining here that feels like it gives the county an out because they're Mm -hmm. not set on the project proposal of mining or even doing something with this specific corporation in spite of the fact that all these things are being pushed forward to specifically for that purpose before like it's even been settled on yeah like the the bottom line i feel like thing in the lease is you gotta help pvjr pursue economic development generally this lease was signed by kathleen otto the county manager and eric temple that's it not even a county counselor (laughs) Jesus Christ. But the community community wants this. Okay, so moving on to the Chalachi SMO, surface mining overlay. All right. So, yes, we're going to dig into an important piece of the puzzle here, which is where where is the rock going to come from? Where will this mining happen? Chalachi, that's where. 
The Granite Corporation is currently seeking an amendment to Clark County's comprehensive plan and zoning maps to allow for adding a surface mining overlay to 330 acres out in Chalachi. Okay, so again, another another idiot question here, because this term has come up several many times. Yes. Surface mining overlay. So it basically means... What is means... a surface mining overlay? So... So surface mining, you're, mi- you're not going down deep for the shit you need. I guess it's the overlay part, which is kind of throwing me. With the comprehensive plan that they put together, they basically designate all this zoning. And that's how it is. That's what the map looks like. There's a whole map. And so a surface mining overlay is like an exception. We're going to overlay this over the map how it was on these parcels on this 330 acres oh. um, so that it is zoned separately than what it like originally was zoned for. Oh, So, so it's like a zone change. More fuckery. Is the best way to, but yeah, with a, exactly, yeah, yeah. So anyways, so I doubt we have very many SEPA nerds in our audience. So I'm going to try to explain this for the regular folk. SEPA uh, is the State Environmental Policy Act, which is basically a law that requires a process of environmental review for any proposed government action <laughs> that would include zone changes and permits given to companies, okay. to private companies, um, would fall under this requirement for environmental review. So it's not even like necessarily the part where the um, the agency is is doing an action would be granting the permit or granting the zone change to the private corporation. So that's just the, that's the basic explanation of that law. And and isn't that like just base sense? You want an environmental review to see how this is going to impact shit. Yeah. And that didn't exist until I think like, you know, the, I think the seventies, well with NEPA and then SEPA is our, is our state one and our state one, because this is, the great state of Washington, we have a more um, like stringent or more, we have a higher standards. Oh, good. <laughs> than like Florida, probably, for I, example. I right? mean, that's kind of terrifying that ours would be the high standards here, but. I know, yeah, <laughs> given like what passes around here. Yeah. So the Granite Corporation, basically, so we're talking about the Chalachi SMO, the surface mining overlay that happened. So the Granite Corporation applies for a zone change for 333 acres out in Chalachi from Forest Tier 1 zoning. So let, let's let guess. Forest Tier 1 zoning. So like there's a bunch of forest out there, a bunch of trees. A whole zoning. bunch of not railway that needs to be mowed down so we can have a railway. Yeah, exactly. To Well, uh, yeah, yeah. A or no, for a ra- mowed down for a mine. Oh, this is the even, mine even part. Be- okay, even better. And then that mine even shit's going to go better. on the rail. And then it's going to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So from Forest Tier 1 zoning to surface mining overlay, SMO for short. So to reiterate, so this this application was for a zone change and not the permit, which would be the next step after that. So the county staff does what's called a SEPA checklist, most of which gets filled out as, quote, not applicable. That's what it's like, N-A, N-A, mm-hmm. N-A. <laughs> I looked at it myself. Uh, because they decided, because it's just a change to a map, not the actual physical action, then it doesn't really need an environmental review. That seems like a slippery slope. Yes, and it was quite stunning for me because SEPA law clearly states that a non-project action, that's what they call it, such as a zone change, does require environmental review at the earliest opportunity, especially when the level of detail for the proposed project is present. Right. And in this case, the Granite Corporation had provided great detail um, about their plans. So it, it, at, at a bare minimum, this is a statement of intent. Like, we are going to put a mine here. We're going to mow down this forest. We're going to put in a mine here. Like, it isn't, maybe not finalized yet, but this is specifically our intent. And you know what? That feels like the point where you would want to look at it and say, yes, this would have this, 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 and this environmental impact. And here's how. And they had all these details, like all this, you know, they, they, brought this to the county and we're like hey we want to do this out here what do you think and then the county and this wasn't the county council this like county staff right one there's a guy in charge of going through the sepa checklist like is this going to impact x y or z all these things and this person decided despite i don't remember exactly the person that it was but obviously they have some kind of experience they work on a council (laughs) 
Um, they should be pretty like well versed in the SEPA process. I don't know how they like got this so wrong to not go like, oh, well, this is it's a 33 acre mining project. Of course, an environmental review uh, is going to happen here. But they basically were just like, well, it's just a zone change. It's just a change to a map. So we don't have to talk about that environmental review yet. But that was that's not how SEPA law and SEPA right. case precedent works. So, so it was just a kick the can down the road thing. Yeah. Like, I don't want to deal with this right now. They're going to have to build this eventually. We can do the environmental stuff at that point. Well, and the problem with that is because if you are kicking the can down to the next, like the permit stage, well, you already did the zone change. Yeah. And so now you're like building momentum on a thing that could, you're, you're supposed to like give it permission, yes or no, before you start the thing. Yeah. And there's also like, a, there's also a public participation, a public it, comment it, piece as part of right. the SEPA it, process. It feels like if they're doing a zone change at some level, someone is saying, this is a done deal. It's only a matter of time. This is what's going to go in there. So we're changing the zone to allow it. Yeah. So if you're saying this is somewhat of a done deal, then, then you better do start some environmental review process. Yeah. Uh, before you do that switch, do also, that change. Also, yeah. maybe let the public give a thought. And that's where we're at with the like Knife River shit. It's like, that shit's still zoned to rail industrial. Any other place <laughs> could come in and yes, try to do some shit that's there. That's a huge problem. And I still like, that still perturbs me because again, it's like less than half a mile from the house. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, well, that, that, corporation pulled out yeah well who else is eric temple gonna try to put there corporations (laughs) we we are not short of corporations you can yeah exactly exactly so yeah basically the county goes you know this is just a change to a map like i said they issue a determination of non-significance which is like the first step you take you're basically like is this significant or not and so they said, it's not significant, so therefore, no environmental review. But if you would have said, yes, determination of significance, then you would start that environmental review process. Right. So they issued this determination of non-significance. Um, then in July of 2022, the Clark County Council votes to approve the proposal based on the mostly missing SEPA checklist information, like I said, <laughs> not applicable. So Friends of Clark County, an environmental group that protects agricultural lands and enforces the Washington Growth Management Act, appeals this obviously ridiculous decision, in my mind, uh, to the Growth Management Hearings Board at the state level um, on the very grounds that I just described, um, that they should have done an environmental review um, at the time that they were considering this zone change because they had enough info um, about the plan and that the plan was for mining like, so obviously mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be an environmental, a large environmental impact. So that was appealed by Friends of Clark County and the Growth Management Hearings Board. They sided with Friends of Clark County. Mm-hmm. They issued a whole official decision. They cited case law. They cited the actual statute. Um, and they said, no, Clark County, you fucked up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it should also be noted a high burden is placed on the petitioners um, in cases like this so the high burden was placed on friends of clark county as the board must presume compliance unless the action is found to be clearly erroneous when reviewed along with the growth management act's goals so this was so egregious that yes exactly exactly it was so egregious um So in addition to finding in favor of Friends of Clark County, the board took the additional step of determining the county's imposition of the surface mining overlay to be invalid, which which doesn't always occur in a case of noncompliance with SEPA. So the board argued, citing relevant case law, that this ordinance would indisputably have adverse consequences (laughs) for the environment. A no. mine. <laughs> a mine having adverse yes. consequences for the environment. Indisputably, yes. Noting that, quote, the 300 acres in question include geologically hazardous areas, priority and non-priority riparian <laughs> areas, critical aqu- aquifer recharge areas, wetlands, headwaters of, of anadromous fish bearing waterways and other critical areas, as well as being in the Pacific Flyway. Wow. Because <laughs> then here... Massive... Then, Here's the egregious, if it's already not egregious enough. Oh, it's egregious. 
<laughs> because of the county's inadequate SEPA process, the board found that they directly interfered with Goal 10 of the Growth Management Act oh my to protect the environment. <laughs> well, that shows you how that much one. that's worth, doesn't it? Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, so at least the board was like, you failed. Yeah, failures. Um, so yeah, March 22nd, 2023, the Growth Management Hearings Board issued a final decision and order overturning the county's decision of the Chalachi surface mining overlay zone change. So there we go. It got overturned. That's that's the end, right, Philip? That is absolutely the end. We're never going to hear another thing about it. <laughs> nope. <laughs>